Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. When those are the parameters, you have to pick the thing that best exemplifies the spirit of the movie. And, yeah. and Dos Oruguitas contains all of it in this inside this song, um, as opposed to a journey of a particular character. It's the it's the foundational story of how all of them got their gifts in, in, in a lot of ways. Lin-Manuel Miranda is ecstatic about the success of the animated feature Encanto, and for his second Oscar nomination for original song for the emotional number, Dos Oreguitas. However, the performance of the movie soundtrack on the music charts has been getting all the headlines, specifically the hit song, We Don't Talk About Bruno. I'm Clayton Davis. On this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, Lin-Manuel Miranda tells us he doesn't regret not submitting We Don't Talk About Bruno, for consideration for this year's Academy Awards, which had to be done by November 1st, which the film had yet to open in theaters despite its performance on the charts later on. He also talks about taking the 2022 year off to mentor younger composers and what we can expect from the live action version of The Little Mermaid and the original songs he wrote for it. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Encanto is directed by Jared Bush, Byron Howard, and Sharice Castro-Smith, and tells the story of a Colombian teenage girl, Mirabel, voiced by Stephanie Beatrice, who has to face the frustration of being the only family member without magical powers. The album for Encanto has spent five weeks at number one on the Billboard charts, and is one of six soundtracks that have clocked at least five weeks in the top spot in the last three decades, and the most since 2013's Frozen. In addition, the hit song We Don't Talk About Bruno is topping the top 40 song charts, along with other tracks appearing, The Family Magigal, Surface Pressure, and What Else Can I Do? Also, the Oscar-nominated Dos Oreguitas. Con sueños nuevos, ya solo falta hacer lo necesario en el mundo que sigue cambiando Tumbando sus paredes, ahí viene nuestro milagro, nuestro milagro, nuestro milagro, nuestro milagro. Hay mariposas, no se aguanten más, hay que crecer aparte y volver hacia adelante, seguirás, ya son milagros, rompiendo cristalidas, hay que volar, hay que encontrar su propio futuro.
propio futuro. Encanto received three Oscar nominations. Animated feature for Jared Bush, Byron Howard, Yvette Marino, and Clark Spencer. Original score for Jermaine Franco. And original song for Dos Oreguitas with music and lyrics by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Marino and Franco are the first Latinas to be nominated in their respective categories. Previously nominated for How Far I'll Go from Moana in 2016, Miranda is the first Latino to be nominated for original song more than once. I recently spoke with Miranda about the process of writing the original songs for Encanto, along with the difficult decision of choosing his Oscar-nominated song versus the chart-topping We Don't Talk About Bruno, which he does not regret. But we began by discussing the fact that he's one step closer to achieving EGOT status. Miranda, who has two Emmys, three Tonys, and three Grammys, is just missing an Oscar statuette. So funny, because like 30 Rock really popularized that phrase. Like that was a thing Hmm. Tracy Morgan was chasing. I I think I think it was I think it was coined by uh, the by an actor in the 80s. And then Tracy Morgan was like, I'm doing it. Oh, that's that's weird. I don't think I ever like looked for its origin story. You should make a movie about that, about where uh, he got stemmed from. But congratulations on uh, all the success with Encanto, from the Oscar nomination to uh, topping the Billboard charts. Like, d- tell me, like sh- shocking or like, yeah, yeah well, I got it's it. Always shock- <laughs> You're always happy when the work connects. I knew people enjoyed the movie um, and. And what's amazing is, um, you know, this, first of all, that this like ensemble song that doesn't make sense outside the context of the movie is like <laughs> the number one song on the charts. Like never in a million years would I pick that as the hit, um, but they're all on there. You know, all of the songs are on, on the charts and that really means folks have embraced this. And again, like it's a lesson we always forget as creatives, right? That like the biggest obstacle often ends up being the thing that makes it distinct. Our biggest obstacle was we were trying to tell this story with 12 major characters, which is just not a thing Disney does. And most movies don't do, you know, go get your screenwriting book. And they say, cut away anything that is not your main character and their goal or their obstacles to their goal. Um, and we said, no, the, the dynamics in the family are the story. They are the movie. And as much complexity as we can wring out of 90 minutes is our goal, um, which was, and, and what's funny is we don't talk about Bruno was part of the proof of concept of that, of like, no, we can keep all the balls in the air. I'll write this gossip number that gives shine to the folks who aren't going to get their own song. Um, I'll write this opening number that lays out the family tree as clearly as possible. Abuela, the kids, the people they married, the grandkids, and let's go. Um, and so in, in doing that, in trying to hold on to this tricky thing, everyone has a way in. Someone feels seen as Camilo. Someone feels seen as Luisa, the older sibling. Um, and it, it ends up being like this, like all these inroads into the film as, as a result of an, op, you know, as a result of this obstacle we were trying to solve. And I guess, um, I would, they always say like the easiest answer is the simple one, but when you're off on this venture to assemble the music for this, for this project, what, I guess, what did you have the hardest time writing of the song? What was the hardest number for you to write? 
Oh yeah, it's um, it was uh, Mirabelle song. <laughs> oh, by far. I don't. You know, people were like, "When are you going to release the cut songs?" I was like, "I don't really have any except mm. for Mirabelle songs. I have a bunch of those." <laughs> really? Um, yeah, because. The other songs really kind of made themselves known to us. Uh, and part of that is, a lot of that is just Jared and Byron and Sharice really knowing where they were going with the story and figuring out pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, the reason there's so many drafts of that is that Disney's really good at I Want songs. Mm. <laughs> and it, it's an intimidating legacy to write something that is going to go on a playlist with reflection or into the unknown or part of your world. That's just like a tough hang. <laughs> Those songs, um, I, it's the hairbrush test, I call it. It's like, if you can't picture your kid with the hairbrush singing it in the mirror, it's not good enough. <laughs> God. Um, it's a really specific thing you're chasing. And, wait, is, and, wait is, that, is, is that how you test out your songs? Or you give your kids yeah, a hairbrush, hairbrush and just see, just see if you can sing it? Yeah, combing hair, I don't have. I'm using it as a <laughs> microphone. Um, but but yeah, it's it's... Um, and you kind of have to develop the whole movie to find it, um, because you really have to, as clearly as possible, express this character's um, wants um, just before the journey they're about to embark on. So um, there's like three cut versions of that before I finally got to Waiting on a Miracle. Um, but, but everything else, um, there were drafts, but they're pretty much the songs you hear in the movie. What what has been, I guess, your reaction to it all in terms, like, from, minus the billboard charts topping, uh, the the TikToks, you know, the kid seeing himself on on screen, you know, what 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 has that been like for you uh, this oh, time around? It's all joy. I mean, you know, I'm I I raised my hand to do this movie because I had such an amazing time on Moana and seeing how seriously they took the cultural aspect of it of like oh they under, like Disney understands if they're representing a part of the world that part of the world has to feel proud of it and has to feel seen by it um and and I saw that happen uh with Moana and then I just raised my hand as soon as that movie was out and was like if you're making a latino animated musical like Put me in, coach. I've been preparing all my life to, to make what I felt was missing when I was a kid. I had, you know, we had Cheech, the Chihuahua, and Oliver and Company, and he was great, and he sounded a lot like a lot of my uncles, but <laughs> that was it, uh, like a Chihuahua. Um, and so um, I relished the opportunity to create that. So when you see a kid see Antonio and say, I'm on screen, or you see a little girl with glasses and curly hair say, I'm on screen, um, that's that's really thrilling and exciting. And then we've got a group text for all the other crazy covers and remixes and theories. Um, that's that we, we, we kick those around all day. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I, I have to ask you, cause I feel like this is bubbling inside you. I don't know if it's going to come in a Disney form, but it's going to come in some type of form. When do we get the Lin-Manuel version of the Chupacabra movie <laughs> or, or with Koki? Like just pop, like I feel like that's something bubbling inside of you that you're ready to unleash. Well, there was a Koki character in Vivo in early yeah. drafts of Vivo, and I wrote this song about maybe two on the nose for me, um, <laughs> a displaced Coquito, um, that like sort of was one of many uh, on the island and then found how her voice fit into like a larger cacophony, uh, when uh, she came to the states, um, and uh. 
I kind of worked it all out with that. <laughs> so I've written a cookie tune. Um, it's, it's really lovely. My friend Janet DeCall uh, did the demo for me. Um, so maybe that will see the light of day one day. But Chupacabra, I mean, I don't know. I've never done a horror movie. Like, that's a horror movie. Um, I'm surprised maybe, no one else has done a Chupacabra movie. I feel like there was, like, some, like, iteration, like, small budget horror that I saw. I remember the X-Files episode about it. And I remember being really just generally scared of it alone in Puerto Rico because my grandparents had a house near some cows. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that that's fertile IP. Okay. Uh, for, for all you folks. <laughs> and also it doesn't need to be hard. Maybe it's a misunderstood uh monster that's right. been, you know, that's yeah. just thirsty. <laughs> Clay, you're gonna mess around and get a story credit. I mean, I mean, listen, <laughs> I, if, if it's right here, then then it's then it's okay as long as it's born here. Um, let's let's talk about Jermaine Franco. Give her some shout-outs, some flowers. First Latina uh nominated for original score. Uh second woman in its current form of best original score that she's been nominated because there were there was a dark, I call it the dark times of the nineties where they split it into comedy, musical and drama. And then oh, they, wow, I forgot that, that. and that's when we got two women uh, nominated, but since it's been merged, we've only had two. So I'm just really excited for her. Um, what does that, how was it like working with her on this and she seeing her so get this recognition? Fantastic. I mean, listen, I, um, having been one of the first people kind of on the ground in this, I, I said to Tom, it's important to me that we have an all Latino music team. Um, and so I, you know, I went and grabbed a mic who I'd worked with on some Hamilton mixtape stuff and is just a really wonderful and able, uh, collaborator and music nerd. And, um, and then Tom, um, brought up Jermaine who had, who had worked on, on Coco. I, I, I didn't have, I was working on Moana at the same time Coco was happening. So our paths hadn't crossed, but, mm-hmm. you know, I got a call on a call with her and she was so, um, excited about the ways in which authenticity could unlock the piece um and you know she built her own marimba <laughs> like she, she just like went all the way there uh in terms of the instrumentation and and what's really wonderful is the ways in which the score complements the songs um because in again and every musical is different but in this musical the songs really are an extension of the characters but yeah. the characters are not the whole story and so the casita theme that she comes up with the uh, when when the powers are unlocked, um, the ways in which the way in which the Encanto theme comes back around inside of Dos Oruguitas, mm-hmm. um, so that you hear it once when Abuela and and Mirabel is a little girl at the beginning of the movie, and then you hear it again when they kind of finally reunite uh, in a meaningful way. Um, she was just doing such incredible work in a way that um, you know. It wasn't take the themes of the songs and put them in the orchestration. She she really created uh, a compelling whole unto herself. Oh, awesome! Oh, I was talking uh, t- t- talking about your nominated uh, song. I have a, a friend who is uh, who's Caucasian and doesn't understand Spanish, and they and they asked me, "Would you do you think Lynn would do the English version of the song?" like, you know, at the Oscars or anywhere else. And I was like, I don't think you realize how many Spanish songs do not translate well to English. Like when you <laughs> sing them, like they, sometimes they just don't like lend themselves to English uh, themes. Would you agree with that? Yes. And, and, <laughs> and it's interesting because I got stuck on it too, you know, with Dos Oruguitas, um, 
Tom McDougall sort of came to me and said, you know, I think you could write, because I wrote that song in Spanish. Yeah. And he said, I, Sebastian would, would love to do an English version of it for the credits, if that's interesting to you. And I said, yeah. And then I didn't do it. for. <laughs> I would get to Dos Oruguitas and I would stop. Because <laughs> I was like, Oruguitas to Caterpillars is like a really far, like, suddenly I'm in Very Hungry Caterpillar, Eric yeah. story. It doesn't sound the same. And it yeah. wasn't until Tom said, you can keep Oruguitas as Oruguitas, that I went, okay, then I can do it. Okay. <laughs> because I just, I literally, I was just like, I don't have another way to say this that is as beautiful as that word. Yeah. And, um, and so that word and Mariposa remain untranslated. Um, and then I figured out a way to translate the rest of it into English, but it's precisely because of what you're talking about. It's just yeah. that, you know, and again, like Crisalida, there's not a direct translation of that word uh, yeah. into English because I can't beat it mm. <laughs> in English. I don't have a word as beautiful as Crisalidas in the English language that is a, a counterpoint to it. So I had to go in a different direction with how that lyric is expressed. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, just by the way, there's always, there's a lot of words in Spanish that just have more power, like coño, like that is, uh, <laughs> that, that is like from the yeah, and then you and then you translate it and they're like that doesn't sound that bad i was like yeah but no you haven't had yeah. it said to you <laughs> yeah yeah they, they've never heard about cocotazos and things like that so we get into some really heavy uh territory here after the break more from lin-manuel miranda from los angeles this is the variety award circuit podcast Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. We're chatting with Oscar nominee Lin-Manuel Miranda. As we pick up, I ask him about his plans for 2022, having come off a busy year that also included In the Heights, Tick, Tick, Boom, Rita Moreno documentary, Vivo, in addition to doing the music for Encanto. Looking at your future, I know you and I uh, had a conversation a few months, weeks back. Time is relative now. Um, that you're taking like this year off, like like you really got nothing on your plate. Uh, kind of a recharge because by accident you had a bajillion projects. So is that exactly what's happening in 2022? Are you really? Yeah, and and it's interesting how the time has filled up. I think uh, uh, like there was kind of a one-two punch for me this fall with the sort of both tick tick boom being about what it's about and steve sometimes passing that i have a lot of um younger composers that i know just sort of saying like will you react to this um because again like he's got two incredible legacies his work and his mentorship and so i have found myself leaning into the mentorship part more now that i'm not actively working on anything so 
I'm reading a lot of like young whippersnappers musicals <laughs> and giving them my feedback and my encouragement um, and and just seeing a lot of stuff. But I'm I'm really refilling my cup this year. I'm yeah. reaching out to artists I admire and saying, can I go hang at your studio and see how you write? Um, you know, I've I, I I write at the piano and I'm I'm really I, again like I like putting myself into student mindset and like what's what uh what don't I know how to do and what what can I learn from working with other artists um you know working on an animated movie is a chance to work with a lot of other artists so is directing a movie um but I you know I want to work with other songwriters and I want to just sort of see other songwriters in action um so that's that's really my year is just uh refilling my cup Awesome. Uh, looking at the first time you grabbed an instrument, I don't know when that was in your life, but looking to this moment, that journey, what, what is that like reflecting on it? What has that been like for you? Like, you know, even getting to this point where like, we can say now, I think you can say you made it. Like, yeah. I think you made it now. <laughs> Again. And, and, and even in that, the way you phrase the question, I think of how lucky I am and how lucky I've been we had a piano because a fam our family friend Raquel was moving into a new place and it was too small for a piano. It's the only reason the Mirandas can afford a piano. We yeah. couldn't. <laughs> it was we were holding our friend Raquel's upright piano. Um, and because we had that, we were, you know, we found lessons from uh, a local lady on 181st Street. And that's why I start playing piano. And my sister and I both take lessons. My sister is really good at practicing, but she only practices the pieces she's got. I suck at practicing, but I'm always sitting at the piano just making stuff up. Yeah. And uh, again, that's that's the stroke. It, it's it's all like good luck and hard work. And if you do the hard work, when the luck shows up, you have something to present to it. Mm. Um, and and so um, I've been very lucky. That, that's that that's what I think about. Is like I'm lucky. Raquel had a such a got moved into such a small apartment, and yeah. I'm lucky that I <laughs> I could not stop fiddling around on the piano if I tried. Where's that piano today? Oh, she took it back when she moved yeah. into a bigger place. She 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 called. Yeah, she, I, and then by oh then I had a Casio, and I could kind of work on. I, I asked for a Casio for I think for my 14th birthday, uh, and then it was just that. But we didn't. Does, have Ra a piano. Does Raquel still have the piano? Yeah, I think so. I she don't know better hold on to that, that piano. Is valuable. <laughs> I'll ask her. I actually haven't followed up about that. Raquel has the piano that like taught Lin-Manuel Miranda how to play. Like, yeah, she needs to hold on to that forever. Oh, that's, it's, it's incredible, man. Um, looking at, um, and that, that, that kind of reflection, um, I was, I'm always curious to know, are you one that, uh, really like reads and writes music? Do you play piano by ear? Are you just like, that kind of musicality. Well, what's your musicality, I guess? In that yeah, regard? I would say that my my music is a lot like my Spanish. Like it's a language. Like I'm fluent in it if I have to play with someone or talk to someone about it. And if I'm reading and writing, I could do it, but I'm slower at it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I might fuck up where the accent goes. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's almost exactly analogous to my relationship to Spanish, which is I can talk to anyone, um, but in terms of the rules and the grammar um when i've got to read it or i've got to write it i'm slower at it so oh. I, I i'm the kind of writer who i'll i'll cheat and look at the guitar chords instead of the actual notes and yeah. and fake my way fake my way through but um but again like before i had collaborators like 
I wrote out all the parts for Heights and played piano for that Wesleyan version. Um, it took forever, uh, but I can do it. But life's a lot easier for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, question, because I, I, wrote, I wrote a piece on this uh, earlier in, in the year um, about the submission process for original song. And there's like all these rules about like, well, first you have to submit by like November 1st, which is like super early. And then also um, there's X amount of songs that can make the lineup now. So a, a lot of it becomes contemplation. And I think there's like two minutes, like you, you you submit two minutes of a larger thing. Yeah. And I and I think that it, it's almost like picking your your favorite kid. And I know it sucks for a lot of artists such as that. Obviously Bruno wasn't Bruno yet. And Dos Oroguitas is still amazing on its own, but do you wish that rule would change or do you like retrospect, think back and say, damn, we should have just submitted both? No, I know. Honestly, I, I'm still proud of Dos Oroguitas as our submission because I think, again, when you re when those are the parameters, you have to pick the thing that best exemplifies the spirit of the movie. And, yeah. and Dos Oroguitas contains all of it in this inside this song um, as opposed to a journey of a particular character. It's the it's the foundational story of how all of them got their gifts in 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 a lot of ways, uh, and what all of them are struggling with. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it wasn't hard. Like I remember the Mo the Moana year of like having your welcome and having uh, how far I'll go. And yeah. like if you're lucky enough, like the Rock could sing your welcome at the Oscars. <laughs> Uh, but that being said, like yeah. the guiding principle should be what exemplifies the movie and how far I'll go does exemplify. Like it's, yeah. it's Moana's heart song. So, you know, that's, that's the pick, even though it's very tempting to be like, yeah, but Dwayne singing <laughs> would be <laughs> You're amazing. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, we could just, and it talks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and we saw him at the Super Bowl. He has some really good showmanship to open a show. I think it would have been a really good uh, opener. Yeah. Um, all right, looking ahead again, we have nothing 2022, but you got some stuff on your docket for 2023 and, and listed in pre-production. So let's ask about um, a movie you might be familiar with, and we all might be familiar with, uh, The Little Mermaid. It's uh, this live adaptation of, uh, of the small animated film that stands as my second favorite of, in the Disney canon. Uh, is there anything you can share about that? Just all the details. Only that... Um... Alan Menken called me. He had just seen a rough cut and he flipped out. Um, and he was just like, it's so good. Um, and Alan will tell you if he does not like something. Ooh, um, he's okay. a very, he's a very, uh, you know, it's like heart and opinion on, on sleeve uh, guy. And so I got excited that he's so excited because he's, he's scoring it as well as, uh, mm. as well as, uh, the songs just as he did with the original so um he saw a rough cut i won't see a rough cut for another month or a couple of months but the <laughs> fact that he's excited has me excited um we wrote three or four tunes original we'll they, yeah original um replacing none of the ones you like, <laughs> like okay. all of those are in um there is no bigger little mermaid fan uh than me and and the songs that i love uh that are in this movie are in this movie they're all in um but we we found a couple of opportunities um uh for for some other music and uh i'm, I'm I, I can't wait to see it i'm yeah. i'm in, in the dark as anyone else honestly can, can you can, would you be able to share a hint of like what characters you wrote them for like does ursula have a banging Lay manuel song um does no, I don't think I have a song for Ursula. 
Uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls just does all the work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I will tell you that we, um, Rob found a really creative way to hear from Ariel, even though she is uh, with Sans voice for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we wrote it. We we wrote some uh, some music in her time on land. Uh, nice. That was really exciting um, because you know she gets to experience a lot of firsts uh, as as someone with legs for the first time, and so we got to kind of lean into all of that musically, which was uh, exciting. Uh, I'm just gonna let you know right now if Debbie Diggs doesn't rap, I'm not. I'm gonna be very upset with you. Like he needs a <laughs> rap number. Like he's Sebastian. He has to rap. I I uh, I, I can feel com- Bob Chapek yeah. closer, and I can say no more. Does I? All right, good. <laughs> um, also on your docket, you have. Uh, Again, I don't know what these are. Uh, Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. Yeah, so I, I, I backed into this one, and I'm really lucky <laughs> to be a part of it. Um, I was asked, it was just after Heights opened, I think, um, and uh, my agent said, there's this young adult novel called Aristotle and Dante discover the secrets of the universe. Um, would you be willing to narrate the audiobook? Um, and again, that is a really fun acting exercise and a really tough job that other people are really good at. Um, but I, I read it and fell in love with the book. It was sort of this sort of Latino love story I had never seen represented before. And so I narrated the audio book and it kind of became this like favorite. And then, um, H Alberto, uh, she wrote a treatment and came to me with it and said, would you produce? And she did such a beautiful job of sort of distilling the book into this, uh, coming of age film that I said, yes, uh, happily. Um, I've just seen a rough cut last week. I'm really excited about it. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so it was, it was fun being just kind of like a, a midwife, uh, on that in terms of helping it get made. And, um, Eugenio Delbez, who was so good in CODA mm-hmm. last year is unbelievable. Like you will not recognize him in this movie. Um, just some really incredible performances that H got. So, uh, mm-hmm. again, it's, it's a Latino story that I just I, I had never seen uh, on the page on the screen before, and I was really happy to help uh, help other really talented folks bring it into the world. Is that uh, do you know if it's this year or or next year? Or that's still I don't. I don't. You know? I don't yeah. know what, what the yeah. plan is. We're just we're just trying to get it right before yeah. we get it out. Got it. And then uh, King Killer Chronicle. Oh, that's I'm not on that ride anymore. Not, I, not I, right? know, okay. it's, it's an incredible book um, and an incredible series. And Patrick is is just. Um, and just like a once in a lifetime talent, we never cracked it. Like, okay. you know, and, and I don't know where it is, but you know, my, my time on it kind of ran out mm-hmm. and I just was like, I'm sorry, I couldn't get you any closer and help you figure out how this insane Russian nesting doll structure of a book becomes a movie or a TV show. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not on that anymore. Are you, are you still attached to the making of with uh, Blake Lively, Richard Gere, Diane Keaton? Is that still happening? Oh gosh. I mean, it's a fantastic script and yeah, I would, I would love it to. So yeah, I would, I would, I, I hope we get a chance to make that someday. All right. All right. Cool. Co- co- COVID was, I mean, oh, COVID's I mean, tough on romantic comedies. You have to kiss a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, was, I, I remember, I remember watching Malcolm and Marie and being like, oh my God, like, right. Oh right. my God. <laughs> they fully potted together and yeah. made that happen. Yeah. So yeah, we, you know, I would love to, I would love to be able to help uh, be a part of that. Cool. My last question for you, uh, your, your, uh, muse, your leading man, Andrew Garfield has been nominated for best actor yeah. for your film, tick, tick, boom. 
Uh, also, your editing team, big shout out to Myron and Andrew. Who well. lived in my house while we were editing. Oh, know, well, that's, that's amazing. Straight up just, yeah, that's Uncle Andy and Uncle Myron to my kids because he's good. You know, they straight up lived with us while we were making it. You're not real Latino unless you've had people that aren't related to you live in your house before. So 100%. that's like, it's part of the thing. Yeah. Um, what uh, What are your thoughts for, for Andrew and are you rooting for him? And, um, and are you mad at him for lying to all of us about not being in Spider-Man for so long? Are you kidding? That was like the best. Well, first of all, <laughs> he lied to me. He, he practiced lied on me as we discussed last time yeah. we spoke. Um, and I watched him get better at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, again, a rising tide lifts all ships. And every time Andrew had to be on a show to talk about Tammy Faye or Tick Tick Boom and um, have to talk about it, like, Tick, tick, boom became a part of the conversation. You know, Andrew Garfield, who was also in Tick, tick, boom. So it was great for us. <laughs> like mm-hmm. our little indie movie by uh, Jonathan Larson that is not rent uh, gets mentioned in conversation after conversation. But, you know, it also, I also felt for him. It's like, well, what do you want to do? Say, like, yes, spoiled, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he's kind of in an impossible spot. Um, but I also thought he, he handled it with, um, just a lot of fun and mischief and, yeah. uh, you know, he, he, he ended up having a good time by the end of it. That's Oscar nominee Lin-Manuel Miranda. You can watch Encanto right now on Disney plus. And that's it for this edition of the variety award circuit podcast. The award circuit podcast is edited by Drew Griffith and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. Until next time, for Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, and Clayton Davis, we'll see you on the circuit. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.